0: Welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and I am your host Ramakrishna Let's begin the show Today's our guest is Ryan Mekana from Mekana Capital welcome Ryan hey thanks for having me on Rama yeah thank you thanks for being on the show a little bit about Ryan. Ryan McKenna is a full-time real estate investor, syndicator, and founder of McKenna Capital a private equity company that helps people invest passively in real estate syndications. Focusing on value-add multifamily, self-storage, and other alternative assets, McKenna Capital has helped hundreds of investors around the country invest in commercial real estate, totaling over 10,000 units with a portfolio asset value north of $1 billion. With that, Ryan, would you like to add anything to your background?
1: Just say, you know, I'm very passionate about it, investing uh, passively in real estate syndications. It's something from an early age I, you know, learned about, and uh, I'm just I'm happy today that you know I'm able to help others and continue to keep investing passively. I, I really you know believe a lot in these um, you know these types of opportunities, and I, I still think 99% of the population out there doesn't even know that these types of deals exist. So you know, just it's something I wake up every morning, and I'm really excited that I get to you know be a part of this, and uh, you know, and, and it's a great community um, as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. So how did you get started into real estate and multifamily, Ryan?
1: So I actually got started back in 2006. I started kind of like most uh, investing in single-family homes, and and that um, I quickly learned wasn't a great strategy for myself to scale. And uh, I felt like uh, there were just elements of that that I just didn't really enjoy. But I did it because I wanted to get started. I wanted to be a real estate investor, and uh, I just felt like that was the path. And um, after kind of uh, you know feeling like I was not getting you know the the ROI with the time spent and I started to kind of, you know, focus on other things. And, and you know, I had built another business uh, around that time that I was very actively involved with. And then uh, eventually, if I fast forward to 2016, I uh, I had enough capital to start investing in, in real estate syndications. And that's really when I found my path, my strategy to invest my way um, out of the corporate world. And, and that's what I did over a three-year period. And I, I just kept investing in many deals. I, I did, um, you know, 12 or 13 over that period and, and you know continue to keep in investing and uh, I, I really um you know found that these types of opportunities provide a lot of cash flow um, some nice upside and uh, really great tax benefits and so you know that that's really where you know i'm kind of at a place where i, where I always wanted to be but i did first stumble across uh, real estate syndication apartment investing uh, when i was back in college actually when i was playing baseball at arizona state a teammate of mine his father was an apartment syndicator so i got to chatting with him one day just about what a real estate syndication was And how he was pooling together a bunch of investor capital to buy these, you know, large two, three hundred unit apartment complexes. And so I I always had kind of a natural curiosity to it and and was exposed to it early on. And around the same time was when I came across uh, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that was, you know, like my blueprint for how I wanted to invest and how I wanted to grow my wealth. And so just kind of having the knowledge, experience, someone that was doing it. You know, when I had the capital eventually I was was able to dive right in and I kind of feel like I did it a little differently than, than most who will try to acquire uh rental homes and, and kind of be more hands-on. I did it while I was still working in, in my W-2 and was able to invest enough to eventually walk away. So I, I'm I'm here to kind of say that there's a different path out there. You know, it's not it's not for everyone, but it worked for me and, and uh that's kind of my journey into real estate and uh and, and where we're at today. So cool. Yep. And what is financial freedom means to you, Ryan? Oh, it's, it's everything. I mean, to me, it's more uh, about time freedom. It's it's having the ability to wake up every day and and, and do what you want to do and you know, spend the time with the people you love and um, really kind of have that lifestyle that that you know by design that people say. And I love what I do and I love working with our investors and, and putting deals together. But if I want to go out and uh, you know do something with my kids and and you know it's the middle of the day and just we want to take off and go fishing or go play basketball or something, you know, it's not having to worry you know clock in somewhere or or feeling like I need to be anywhere—it's you know—you control your time, and so that financial freedom to me is really you know buying myself life experiences that in the past I had to give up or pass up on because I was just kind of in the rat race and was just so busy kind of doing things for for others and really losing you know control of, of what my ultimate destiny was and what my version of success was, and so for me, it's really you know financial freedom is is, is more time freedom than anything.
0: Cool, cool. And what is your apartment investing philosophy?
1: So I like to invest in cash flowing value add class B apartments in markets that have a lot of job and population growth. So a lot in uh, what I like to say, your tax friendly, warm weather states that are also landlord friendly, Uh, but it's where people are moving to businesses are relocating to. So we do a lot in the Southeast, Texas, Arizona, Colorado, and uh, those are just markets I really like to invest in. And so my philosophy is really all about diversification. I never try to go in big on any one deal. I like to spread my capital uh, amongst many, um, many different things, and and, and so it, it comes down to you know, different sponsors, different geographies, and also different real estate asset classes. I, you know, my, my preference is multifamily, but I've also invested in other asset classes like you know, self storage, mobile home parks, ATMs, uh, litigation financing, you know, a food hall. We, we've done a lot, and you know, for me, I kind of take a long term approach, especially when the hold period is. T- typically five years in these types of deals, you know, I'm investing for the cash flow, cash flow, and then the the value upside that, you know, happens when you go through a renovation and then, um, you know, all while, you know, kind of pushing off the tax liability through, um, you know, depreciation, cost segregation, you know, different mechanisms there that allow you to keep more what you're making. And so my philosophy is, you know, if I'm, I'm looking at what I'm trying to do here and Myself personally, if I can just average, you know, a 16% annualized return, you know, I'm looking to try to double my money every five years, and, um, and that's kind of my go-to bed, you know, sleep well at night number, and what I try to do uh, across my whole portfolio. So I look at it as a blended rate because I know there's going to be deals that outperform others. There's going to be deals that kind of come in, you know, right where you were expecting them to, and there's going to be some that underperform. And so I'm a big believer in diversification, you know, for that reason. And with syndications, it's easy to um, get diversification because with your, you know, you being a passive investor, you you know, once you do your due diligence and find a great deal, I mean, you can invest anywhere across the country and uh, it's relatively easy to do so once you, once you kind of know what you're doing and what you're looking for. Cool, cool.
0: And thanks for sharing that. What do you share a few best decisions that your company took at each stage to reach to current stage?
1: yeah I would say best thing starting out was uh just just hustling. i mean I wanted everyone who I knew to know what I was doing, and I was also you know working full time um at the time that I launched McKenna capital uh but I thought it was important uh just to let people know you know what I was passionate about, what I was doing you know with my free time and what i was focused in from an investing perspective. So it just started with kind of planting the seed with others about what I was doing. And they just saw the passion. They they really believed that, you know, I, I was going to do well at this. And they just, you know, thought that, you know, it, it was worth it to them to kind of stay in the loop. And so I just kept them prized with what I was doing. And then it allowed me to really kind of build some interest early on. And then when we had some opportunities, I could share that with my network of people who already knew that I was investing passively. But then when I went the syndication route, it was, you know, now I had opportunities that I could help them get in. And uh, so I think kind of just staying very diligent and just working hard. I mean, I, I probably networked for 18 months, just like crazy, um, just wanting to kind of, you know, spread the word and create awareness about these types of syndications uh, because most people don't know about them. And I, I, so I took the time early on, which then led, you know, to the business growing very very quickly because I kind of laid the groundwork. And I think that's always important. I mean, it might look like you have success overnight, but I always tell everyone, this is you know, 15, 20 years of relationships that I've built and then planting the seed early on so that when you know, we did have opportunities. Uh, people in my network knew, you know, what I was doing, what I was in on. And so it gave me a really good start. And then we finally got, you know, to the point where we had so much momentum that, you know, it's it, we're in a great place today where we're getting a lot of referrals, you know, a lot of repeat investors, and it's growing organically. So I can focus, you know, more of my time and effort on, you know, working with the the investors and our operating partners, and you know, looking at all the deals that pursue. So, um, I just think kind of keeping your head down, having a you know a singular focus on on growing the business, and you know, at the end of the day, we're in a people business too. So, I think that's you know very important to always take time to you know, help LG educate others, uh, make yourself available to just just help in any way you can. And I think people will gravitate towards that and really like the experience. And you know, if you can do that and be someone that you know, they know, like, and trust. And you've got, you know, great, great opportunities that, you know, people have interest in, I think it makes for, you know, for a solid business. And, um, and that's really kind of, you know, how we started and and kind of where we got to uh, where we are today.
0: Cool. And thanks for sharing that. And would you share like few challenges you faced during your multifamily journey?
1: Yeah, yeah, a few challenges. I, I mean, starting out, I know I just talked about it. I mean, it was not easy, especially when I was working full time. I was getting uh, my MBA at Notre Dame, and uh, my second child was was born. <laughs> you know, so I I kind of tell people uh, it can be done. I mean, I had a lot on my plate. It was super stressful. But again, I just I kept just pushing forward one day at a time, and I, and I was really disciplined. I knew you know what I wanted to do, and I, I was trying to be strategic with my time. But yeah, I mean, there were definitely setbacks uh, because. It, it was a period in my life that I, I never want to really emulate again because of what I had on my plate. And so there were times that I, you know, I get concerned for my health and just, um, you know, doing too much. And so uh, when I got kind of the, the, the opportunity to, to really walk away, it did, it did kind of feel like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. And then, um, you know, then we started really kind of growing and it was you know, a fantastic run. And then, then all of a sudden we hit COVID. You know? it just like the pause button uh, was hit and you uh, know very stressful time because going into it, we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, we, we really believe that multifamily is a resilient asset class and, and it's kind of stood the test of time and, and uh, done really well even in, in ups and downs, uh, you know, the economy. And, um, and so just kind of working through that, you know, really kind of slowing you know, the acquisition pipeline down and focusing on the current assets and um, and really just kind of, you know, being, you know, in more of a defensive state. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to play offense, but this was a time where we had to kind of get our arms around, roll our sleeves up and really kind of take care of the current assets and just make sure that we were doing everything we could because it was a very challenging time and there was a lot of questions and uncertainties and, um, and you know, what, not everything went as planned, but I'm happy to say that, you know, we're, we're working through all this. We're doing really well, despite, you know, what, what the current, you know, economy is dealing with I think we're all kind of bouncing back but um yeah just some, some, some difficult times for everyone uh, frankly I mean it's uh, not only just in business but just uh, personally you're kind of thrown for a loop when your life is kind of flipped upside down and you're, you're kind of having to just do things differently and it makes you appreciate you know the simple things in life you, you know for someone that, that has a lot on their plate that likes to go out and, and do a lot of different things you know it, it slowed me down and I think that was good so I kind of take you know a period that might have been you know a struggle and uh you know frustrated time frame and really just you know kind of look at it like maybe it's a good thing that we had to slow down a little bit and, and kind of come up for air so i know that's kind of maybe you know generic challenges but you know those are things that are real that, that we've experienced and i've, I've experienced personally and uh, i think you know we're going to come out stronger and better having gone through this and kind of having that time to kind of just assess you know everything and, and really kind of think about the business from a different perspective yeah sure Yeah, thanks for sharing
0: that so can you share your best and worst apartment investing experiences so far
1: yeah, I would say, you know, my best experience is that there is a specific deal that, you know, I did really well on and, and I'll, I'll highlight that, but I would say, you know, just the way I invest from a diversification standpoint, I mean, I feel really good when I look at my portfolio and, and see that I've got, you know, different assets and different markets that are all, you know, doing really well right now. And so, I, yeah, there's about 15, 16 markets that I feel like, um, you know, I've been able over time to invest in some really solid, you know class B multifamily assets that, you know, it took a lot of time to do that, but I feel like got a really good diversified portfolio. So I look at it as, you know, an experience that this was like kind of a goal to, to really have a, you know, a blended portfolio in multiple markets with multiple sponsors and even different asset classes too, you know, within kind of the real estate uh, sector. So that, you know, was goal I wanted, you know, when I first started investing. So I think the combination of each individual deal, you know, makes me feel good about the whole portfolio. But uh, I, I think one deal that in particular that I really, um, you know, was excited about was a deal that, um, you know, within 18 months, we had a really significant uh, refinance. It was around 84%. And with the cash flow, you know, I basically almost had 100% of my capital back, you know, a year and a half in. And uh, what it allowed me to do is, is, you know, a strategy in a lot of these syndications is where I was able to take, you know, pretty much, you know, 100% of what I put in the deal. You know, I got that back. And then I get to reinvest into another deal and create another cash flow stream all while I still kept my ownership interest in the first deal. And I think that is, you know, that was a point where I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is, this is what I've been hearing. This is what I've been wanting to do. And, and to finally kind of get there, um, you know, with the first step, I would say, you know, the refinance and then, then you have, you know, the, the exits, which is a lot of fun, but that was the first really big kind of capital event. And to date, you know, the biggest refinance that I've been a part of. And, um, it just, it was, uh, you know pretty significant amount that happened in a short period of time so for me that's uh that's a great deal
0: awesome that's great deal yep so under any worst apartment investing experience so far
1: You know, there's been some challenging times here and there. I would say probably the the worst experience I've had to go through, and this is more for myself personally. It wasn't for the investors. I mean, yes, maybe they missed an opportunity, but we uh, had to pull out of the deal. You know, right kind of at the early onset of COVID, and it was a deal that you know we had under contract. We had all the capital raised. We were ready to go. I mean, at the five yard line, and then then COVID hit, and you know things just kind of we took a little pause, and uh, we kind of took you know. uh, our time to look at everything again, and after a little while, we realized that this deal, kind of, given the current you know climate and just what we had learned and what we were experiencing, that it just wasn't the same deal that we had initially pursued you know a few months earlier, and so we had to walk away from it and you know return you know the investors' capital back, and and so there was you know some diligence costs and you know money that was lost on our part, but you know at the end of the day, it's all about the investors, and it was the right thing to do, and you know that was just a really tough decision because you know we never had thought we'd be dealing with COVID and, and just it completely changing, you know, the asset from from our perspective, you know, in a matter of months. And so that was probably the worst scenario we've been in, even though there was no impact to investors, but a lot of time and money spent on our part to, you know, get the deal so close to closing and then to have to walk away at the end of the day w- w- was tough. Yep, totally
0: understand that. And what is your current focus on share something you're excited about now?
1: focus oh, okay let's see I mean I'm focused still on you know kind of doubling down on the strategy that I've been been doing you know I, I love the you know diversification and you know the different markets that we're in and now kind of um, you know as we get through COVID you know we're starting to see deal flow open up and uh, you know I, I get excited when you know there's still a good opportunities out there that I'm seeing that I get to continue to keep investing in so I think it's just I'm not really changing my strategy you know it's the same focus I mean we're still finding you know some nice cash flow and assets that, you know, there's, there's room for some, uh, you know, some upside when we can, you know, renovate, you know, right now we're doing more lighter value adds, but, but, you know, when we can do that and help, you know, from an operation standpoint, maybe reduce some expenses and just really kind of boost the NOI, you know, that that's kind of still the focus, still the game plan, still really love, you know, class B multifamily and uh, it's kind of our bread and butter, our focus. And so with the forecast looking ahead, I mean, I still, I think, you know, we're starting to see more deals transact. Uh, we're starting to see more capital, you know, Know, come into the you know multifamily sector and um you know, I think we're you know six, seven months into COVID, and we're starting to feel like all right, we have you know uh, this period we can look back on to kind of have more clarity around you know what what to maybe expect going forward. Um, you know, if this kind of prolongs you know itself, but I'm really excited for 2021. I know we're not out of 2020 yet, but you know, I think 2021 is going to be a great year in the multifamily space and other industries as well. And so, pretty bullish on it because I think we've all been beaten up a lot here, and we have all kind of uh, you know been through some tough times. And so, I I, I see better days ahead.
0: Good, good. So, any one advice that impacted you, Ryan?
1: You know, I think uh, one thing that I, I really uh, had resonate with, with me was when I, you know, I learned to to play to my strengths and, and just double down with what you're good at. I used to be someone that tried to, you know be all things to all people and try to do everything. And I know, you know, you try to work on your weaknesses, but I I realized that, you know, if I can find something I'm really good at and passionate about, I'm going all in. And I feel like I've been more successful because of that. And then I partnered or outsourced, you know, some of my weaker areas to um, still get that done so i can kind of have i guess kind of the complete package of you know what i need to do to run a business but i really think that that's probably um you know the, the best advice that i i was given and and that's what i'm following through with today sure
0: so any of your personal habits that helping you to be successful
1: yeah, I would say just never given up. I mean, I've, I've been through a lot. I didn't really, I didn't share a story that uh, I typically talk about when I, I was in college and worked really hard to get to a point in uh, my baseball career where I you know, received a scholarship to Arizona State, which was my dream school and had aspirations about going on to the next level. And uh you know, was doing well, was playing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, I ended up getting really sick and, and it completely changed my life and was bedridden for a long time in and out of hospitals. And uh, basically my career, you know, baseball career was over. And so I had to learn how to deal with adversity. I had to, you know, have my plan B and, um, and really kind of, you know, have that fallback plan. And, and so my mindset was that, you know, your life's going to throw you curve balls. You're going to get knocked down. And you got to get back up, keep moving forward. And so that's something I, I've personally experienced several times. And that's and just something that is just, just how I operate today. I mean, it's going to be a tough day, but, you know, we'll get through it. And then tomorrow will bring something new. Sure. So any one book
0: that impacted your life and
1: what way? So I would say the, the, the book that has had the biggest impact on me has been, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, it gave me the blueprint for the strategy that I'm implementing today. But I'd also say he has another book, The uh, Cashflow Quadrant, which helped me, you know, kind of frame the type of investment income and business income I wanted to, to grow and to kind of seek out. And uh, I thought that was a really good book that kind of explained, you know, the, the strategy in more detail. And so those two uh, have really kind of, you know, set the stage for, you know, where I wanted to kind of grow my my personal wealth. and, uh, And so I would attribute, yeah, most of what I've done is was really kind of, you know, concepts I learned many years ago from those two books.
0: Cool. And how are you giving back to community?
1: So, beyond you know the, the, the financial support to you know to causes that are near and dear to me, I think my time is a way that I give back because I'm always trying to help others, always trying to help educate. And any advice, any lessons that I've learned that I can share with others, you know, I'm always willing to do that because I've been fortunate enough that people have done that for me and it's helped me out and helped kind of shorten that learning curve. So I definitely you know I'm always willing to give back and help others when. Um, you know, when they have a need or when they're out kind of seeking something, it's something I think is important to do to give back to others.
0: Cool. And how can listeners can connect with you, Ryan?
1: So they can connect with me. uh, You can go to my website, McKennaCapital.com. And, uh, you know, from there, there's, you know, more information to kind of reach out. All the social sites, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, any McKenna Capital, Ryan McKenna, just uh, look me up. I'd be happy to connect. Yep.
0: Thank you, Ryan. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at Thank you for listening. Creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, Please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.